I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 7. I know I've read a few, the first few a few times, but I'm, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 this morning. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And, you know, verse 6, I think sometimes I've heard different comments, read different comments, I should say, about the response that, that the apostles and, and others had uh, to his statement about um, the coming of the, of the power from the Lord, from, from God Almighty. And, um, but, you know, I think that that question in verse 6 is probably a question that any follower of Christ would have asked Jesus after seeing him, after seeing him come back, for, you know, knowing that he was, knowing that he was killed, on the, that he died on the cross, knowing that he was buried, knowing that he rose from the dead, I think that's any question any of them would have asked. And uh, I thought how that the Jews, how that, you know, they knew the, they knew the scriptures. I mean, they knew that it was prophesied that, that there was going to be a kingdom established on the earth. And um, even seven, I think 700 or 800 Years before Christ, Amos even told that. And I mean, there were other prophets that, that specified that too. But I like this sentence or this verse that uh, is back in Amos chapter 9. And it's verse 11. And it says that, In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins and I will build it as in the days of old. And to me, the first when he says, I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David, I mean, to me, the first instance of that was when Christ was risen from the dead. Now, I could be wrong, Tom, but I mean, he, he, it was the first proof of that, and he's coming back, and we know he's coming back. But So uh, they, were, they were just asking, uh, you know, uh, just a, a good question, in my opinion. But um, he says, are you come to set up the millennial kingdom? He responds to them in verse 7, and he tells them that the kingdom will eventually come, but it is not for them to know when. Well, you know what? It's not for us to know when either. We don't know when he's coming, but we know he's coming. Right? I mean, we know he's coming. And I think it's important that he has told us that. He's given us a promise, and we've got something that we need to do in the meantime. Not sit around and wonder, when is he coming? But we need to be ready for when he does come. And, and, and busy up until the time that he does come. I mean, so Matthew kind of gives us some thoughts on that. If you want to turn back to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 36. And this is Jesus speaking, of course, and he says, and, and the subtitle right before this verse, verse 36 of my Bible says, God knows the day and the hour. That's what my subtitle says. And not only does he know the day and the hour, 
but he knows the minute and he knows the second and he knows the instant when he's coming back. Okay, but we don't, but he does. And Jesus said, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And if you come on down in verse 42, same chapter, he says, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. So to me, in verse 36, we've got God's promise of action. I mean, he's, he's telling us, he's promising us, you know, it's going to happen. Verse 42 should be our action in response to his promise. I mean, that's, that's, why, that's my thought. And if you come on down, he says in verse 43, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in that watch, or in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. And there's a lot there, but I'm not going to go into it this morning. And then in verse 44, he says, Therefore, this is the thing, be ye also ready, for on such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. I mean, he's coming back. Just as sure as I'm standing here, he's coming back. Whether he comes back while I'm alive or not, I don't know. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's coming back. And uh, there's no doubt about that. So all these, these, all these words were of Jesus and their directives. To me, these are directives for us to, to help us as believers to not only have something to look forward to, but to live right, to live for him each and every day, to have that desire to live for him each and every day. I mean, you know, I thought, I've done a lot of thinking the last few weeks. And uh, I'm glad for this book right here, because this book right here is truth. You know what? And that's something that no matter what you're going through, when, when the tough times come, there's comfort, there's strength, there's truth, there's everything you're ever going to need. But I tell you what, that was brought forward to me more and more these past couple of weeks. Right here, this is what will get us through right here. His promise, and it's real, and I'm glad. And I'm relying on it, and I don't care what anybody says. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> and I hope they're going too. But Sorry, I'll get off track a little bit. But... but uh, I'm glad. I'm glad he cares enough about us that he gave us his book. I'm glad he cared enough about us that he gave us his son, sent his son to die for us. I mean, I'm glad he loves us. I'm glad he cares about us. And I'm glad he wants us to prosper. He doesn't want us to struggle. He wants us to prosper. You know, this life, I don't understand it. I don't understand why things come. I, I mean, I've sat and pondered. and I mean, all of us have at some point in life. All of us have. It's not for us to figure out. It's for us to trust in him knowing that he's got it. He's got a reason. He's got a purpose. I may never understand what it is till I get over on, his, on the other side, but he's got a reason and he's got a purpose. And I'm trusting in that. But uh, I'm glad I got him to trust in this morning. I can tell you that. I'm glad I got him to trust in this morning. So these directives that Jesus has given to us, like I said, are to help us to live right and help us to be prepared. You know, we don't want to be, we don't want to be surprised. You know what I mean? We don't want to be surprised. So, but the Apostle Paul tells us the same thing. And I like what he tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll flip over there. Give me a minute. Verses 1 through 11 says this, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, 
He's talking to the church here. He's talking to us as born-again believers. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Well, I like, boy, I tell you, praise his name for verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. So that's just a few instances. He's coming back. I mean, there, I mean, he's telling us he's coming back, and he's telling us to get ready, telling us to be prepared, telling us to live for him. So when they asked that question, is this the time? He said, no, but I am coming. He said, it's just to just sit back and wait, basically. Well, be ready. I shouldn't say sit back and wait. Be ready. So. Verse 8. I'm, going, I'm back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm going to read verse 7 again. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And we've heard this verse many times, but you know, this, the major focus of the book of Acts is stated right here in this, in this verse. I mean, everything as we go forward in, in, in the book of Acts is all about this verse right here. And, but there's three things. Um, well, let me back up. This verse states the mission of the church. I mean, this is the purpose. I mean, to me, verse 8 is, is the purpose of the church. Whether it was the, the church back then or the church today, and I'm talking about the church of born-again believers that Jesus' church is what I'm talking about. Um, yet back then or today, it's the mission of the church. And you say, well, what is it? But before we talk about that, there's three points to note about the mission of the church. And you think about at the time that Jesus was speaking to, to these people that were present, um, they needed to understand something. And he was, he's telling them they needed to understand the fact that the empowering presence they were used to being to seeing him, to being with him, and, and, and seeing him, seeing the power come from him. And they needed to understand that he was going away, but he was going away because there was going to the presence and the power was going to be in the form of the Holy Ghost and not Jesus himself. They needed to understand that, and he, and he was telling them that. And they also needed to understand, and we need to understand, that the growth of the church back then would come about by and through the witness of the disciples. That hadn't changed. That hasn't changed. And the result of this witness, I mean, again, going back in their time, will be the, the measurable geographical growth. But, I mean, again, that hasn't changed today. If, 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 there's no, if there's no gospel preached, if there's no witness by God's people, the gospel's not going to spread. It's not going to get shared. I mean, it's, so it's the same basic fundamental truth, but there's some, there's some differences. So... Jesus' words were, were to focus the growth of the church first in all of Jerusalem and then to progressively spread out beyond Jerusalem to the other Jewish areas around Jerusalem 
and then to the edges of, of what I'm going to say, the edges of Judaism, which to me is represented by Samaria. So he was saying you're going to start in the middle among God's chosen people and you're going to spread out from there. And that's what they did. And then it was to go on, it says, and then to the edges of the entire known world as it was known at the time, which at that time would have been the Roman Empire. When we get to the end, if you flip back to the book of Acts, I'm not going to flip back there, but if you flip back there, you'll see that at the end, Paul, where's Paul? He's in Rome. He's preaching the gospel. So did it, I mean, you know, God's plan, God's plan gets executed whether the world wants to believe it or not. Okay, I mean, whether non-believers want to believe it, God's plan is getting executed, and God's plan is true. It's going to work. It's going to happen. So, like I said, the book of Acts ends with Paul being in Rome preaching the gospel. So, think about this. Jesus was speaking to, the, to his apostles and the disciples about 2,000 years ago. Okay, give or take, about 2,000 years ago, if I did my math right. So, we're in 2023, last time I checked, okay? So, regardless of what people want to believe, the purpose of the church has not changed. Okay, the purpose of the church hasn't changed. And the purpose of the church today is to promote and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of the church. That's why we're here this morning. We're here to worship Him and to honor Him. But the reason that we assemble and we come to church on Sundays and Wednesday is to help, to, to grow to learn of him, to grow in his word, so that then we can be instrumental in whatever way he's chosen each and every one of us to spread the gospel. I mean, that's, that's, why, that's, why we're still, that's why we're still here on this side of eternity. I mean, I believe that with all my heart. So, that's right. And it's, and it's pretty daggone special to be part of it, I'll tell you what. And if we ever lose sight of that, shame on us, I'm telling you. I mean, we're, we're blessed to be part of that. So, so going back to my second point where I said the growth of the church would come about by and through the witness of the disciples. And I think I already, I think I already well, I said it again. So anyway, but this footnote to verse 8 in my Bible, part of it, is a, there's a pretty lengthy footnote in my Bible, but... The one thing that stuck out to me is when it's talking about how it's going to be spread and come about by the witness of the disciples, which is us, right? I mean, not back then, but I'm saying now, and I'm, don't, get, don't get too overwhelmed with this, us as believers, let me put it that way. But this footnote says this, from the beginning, the church is depicted as a community that actively witnesses to their faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you all, but when I read that, it, I, I paused and, and gave that some thought. I thought, you know, how active is my witness about Jesus Christ? And we got to ask, each and every one of us needs to ask ourselves that. I mean, I'm telling you, we, that's how it's going to spread. It's not going to spread any other way. If we're quiet, if we never tell anybody about Jesus, if we never talk about him outside the church, then it's not going to spread. I mean, and that's, that's exactly what Jesus was telling his, I mean, if he had a plan, I know it's going to spread, but he wants us to be part of that. He wants us to be part of it. So, all right. Verse 9 through 11, unless anybody has a comment. It says, and we had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, Two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, 
Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And let me find a. I'm going to go back and read Luke 24 because Luke makes a comment about. Um, I think this is. Let me make sure this is it before I tell you that. Before I say something that may be wrong. No, this is it. Luke makes a brief comment at the end of his gospel about the ascension of Jesus. And let me just read you a few verses. Luke 24, starting with verse 44. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. That's a pretty... I mean, that's, that's quite a verse in and of itself, if you know what I'm saying. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And then Luke gives us a little bit more detail around this in verse 11. But the thing for us to, to think about here in verse 11 is, a cloud received him out of their sight. That cloud represents the presence of God the Father of Almighty God. That's what that cloud represents. And if you think, you think back to Exodus, I was going to mark this, but the, the pillar of the cloud that represented the, the presence of God back in the Old Testament in the, in the book of Exodus. And in Exodus 13, give me a second, I didn't, I didn't mark this one. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm telling you. Verse 21 says, And the Lord went before them day by let's see, went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Well, I'll tell you what, verse 21, I'm glad that he still, if we're looking to him, he's still leading the way, day and night. Is that not, I mean, I'm thankful for that. I tell you what, he, he's with us. I'm glad he's with us. I'm glad he's with us. So Jesus himself said that he'd go away to a place where they couldn't find him. Okay, and he, he said this in, in John, and I'm gonna, I know I'm bouncing around this morning, but I'm going to read, I want to read this, this verse because I think, you know, a lot of times we, it's just good to, I don't know, y'all pray for me. I'm just kind of bounced a little bit, but it's good that I'm thankful. I've said it before, but uh, I'm just glad that he allows us to get into his word and just shows us things that, that, are, that are sweet and that are good and that, and that help us to, that help us. I mean, that help us, help us to grow and, and help us along the way. And uh, I thought about how that he talked to these men at this time in John chapter 7, and, and I don't know... Uh, 
But you think how personal, maybe they completely understood it, maybe they didn't. But how that we can look at that now, and we know exactly what he's saying and why he said what he said. And he's, and he's saying the same thing to us. I think that's what's so special. So in, in John 7, 33, he says, if I get to the right page, um, says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. And that's, a, and then that's what he's, he wanted them to understand. He was going back to the Father. Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. And he, he, wanted, he was telling them that he was going to go to a place where they couldn't find him or see him, but then he told them, but I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm coming back. And um, in verse 11, I'm back in Acts again, in chapter 1. It says here at verse 11, Ye men of Galilee, while stand ye gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come, how? In like manner. You know, and I thought about that, and I thought, you know, I've said it before. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, it'll be in the same way, I believe. Just And Tom's already, Tom kind of got, got, got my... Stole my glory here, but that's okay. I love him. He ascended into a cloud, and one of these days, he's going to step out of a cloud. I mean, think about that. I don't know about you all. That's kind of exciting to me. I mean, you know, and, and, and those of us, if we're still living, we're going to see that. I can't explain it, but I know what's going to happen. Here's the other thing. His ascension was personal, I believe. I believe it was personal. And what I mean by that is he wanted the disciples and others that were there that day to witness it firsthand. When he comes back, it'll be personal. We'll know without a shadow of a doubt that it's him. We'll know that. And his ascension, like I said, was visible. When he comes back, he'll be clearly visible to everybody that's, that's alive on the face of the earth that day. He'll be clearly visible. And his ascension, like Tom said, was from the Mount of Olives. And, you know, I never caught that. I mean, I just read, you know, a lot of times I think we just read the verses, we read scripture, and we don't maybe, things don't, we don't take the time to let things soak in. Maybe, maybe you all do. I don't always. But if you look in verse 12, it says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. I mean, it says right there. So it tells us. I mean, that's the thing that Luke is, I've said this before, he's, he's very detailed in his writings, and he gives us those things. I mean, you know, some people may say, well, what's the importance of that? I mean, it's important because he gives us, he wants us to understand. He wants us to understand where this happened and why it happened. So, and again, he'll return to the Mount of Olives. And, and, and Tom already referenced that verse. So, that, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but that's, that's pretty exciting, I think. I think it's pretty exciting that, that the record is here for us. And if we know him, we can have confidence, and we can have truth, and we can have the beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's coming back. And whether he comes back before I die or not, or before we die, we're going to be with him one of these days, and there's no doubt about that, and uh, no doubt. Yeah, the dead, the dead go first, if I remember the verse, the order of the verse correctly. So the dead in Christ shall rise, and after that... Tom, you can quote it better than I can. <laughs> to meet him in the air. <laughs>